Welcome to the Ignite Physio Podcast. This podcast inspires physiotherapists and other health professionals to continue learning and growing in their practice and career. We explore professional issues with a fresh lens and delve into topics that help to expand our capacity for growth. This is episode number 38, and I'm Andrew. And I'm Maxie. And today, we are super excited to have Derry Latimer as our guest to guide us through the topic of fostering a growth mindset as health professionals. So for those of you who haven't heard about the incredible work that Derry does, she's the founder of Positivity Speaking, which is focused on creating mindful leaders of today, re-energizing the workplace, re-engaging purpose, and reigniting performance. Her passion and expertise focuses on connecting positive psychology with positive performance habits to create and sustain successful organizational culture. So as a motivational keynote speaker, including TEDx, Derry is one of fewer than 15% of speakers globally who hold the designation of CSP, that is Certified Speaking Professional. Combining a business degree in human resource management with 20 years of experience providing high-value speaking and training services to virtually every industry and business sector. Derry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm super thrilled to be with you. Well, and I know that Maxie and I have wanted you to be on the show for the last few months, and we actually heard you speak uh, first at the CPA Leadership Forum in Ottawa back in November, and uh, we both loved your talks. I think I actually sat through one twice because I (laughs) enjoyed it so much. And uh, so we knew then that we already wanted you on the podcast. And so here we are today, and uh, you know, we're really excited to have you here, and I think we've got a lot of, uh, you know, neat ground to cover in terms of uh, the topic of growth mindset, and and we're really going to want to explore this idea of a, of a growth mindset and how it relates specifically to uh, us as physiotherapists within the clinician community. And I know I was first exposed to this, uh, you know, term growth mindset back in a leadership conference I attended last summer. I was actually listening to the author of the book called Grit, and she talked about the growth mindset. And it was something that really resonated with me because I I knew that that was something that we've really been working on really since the beginning with the Ignite community about how do we actually help people to and, and just support uh, ongoing learning and ongoing growth. And so I thought, uh, you know, this would, this is such a great topic, and I think one that... Um, you know, we really just want to explore. And I think it's easy to get stuck in our own comfort zones uh, as clinicians and maybe not challenge our assumptions, our beliefs, and our stories. And so we thought, let's dive into this topic. Let's, and and who better to stir the pot? <laughs> we know you are not afraid to stir the pot, yeah. <laughs> So what... So why don't we just start, uh, you know, for our listeners here, why don't we start with defining a growth mindset? Absolutely. So uh, first your mindset. So a mindset is really a mental attitude and a mental attitude that determines how you interpret and respond to situations. So a growth mindset is different than a fixed mindset. And these are terms that were coined by Carol Dweck, a Stanford University psychology professor who's done incredible work on this. And she was really curious about why some people succeeded, whereas others who were equally talented did not. And she found that their mindset, fixed versus growth, made a difference. So with a fixed mindset, you believe, and it's all about beliefs. You'll hear me saying that over and over and over again. It is all about, you know, mental attitude is about beliefs. So in a fixed mindset, you believe that talent 
your talent, a person, everyone's talent is a fixed trait. It is determined at birth. So it is born. Whereas a growth mindset, you believe that talent can be developed, that it is built as opposed to born. So at a very simplistic level, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about growth mindset, that it is a way, a set of beliefs about yourself, which of course then translate to what you believe about other people, which is why it's so important for leaders, for organizations, not just for us individually, to understand this. Because what I believe about me, I also happen to believe about you. Yeah, and about that's right. <laughs> my organization and about life. So it's such a such an important uh, topic, I think. Sorry, I was I was thinking and I don't know if I should ask this question now or or if I should if I should save it or not. Um so I'll let you decide, okay? So I'm going to put it out there to you and you go, well, "Well, well maybe we'll talk about that later." So when you're saying that um that a growth mindset, what you believe about yourself is what you what you project onto others and what you believe about others. I am full on board with that. However, can you have a growth mindset about yourself and go, I want to grow, but you want to know what? I don't want anybody else to grow around me. Like, I want everybody else to stay stagnant while I expand and become better. Like, can, can that possibly exist? Like, that's a philosophical question, I know, but... <laughs> I just, I just immediately thought of, you know, there are people out there who don't, who want to be the best and who don't want to be a part of community or collective engagement, right? So can you, can you speak to that just a little bit? Yeah. So I think that um, what Carol Dweck would say is just even the statement that I want to be the best is a fixed mindset statement. So a, I want to be the best means that others have to be less than, and, um, Embedded in a fixed mindset is a set of beliefs that, uh, again, that I'm born with a certain level of talent. So I, in fact, you know, some of the questions you had given me ahead of time to prepare, I then, if I've got a, if I believe I'm born with a certain level of talent and skill, then I uh, shun the possibility of others being at a different, at a better place than me. In fact, I will deny, ignore, fight that all the way because then that means that at a very core, I'm less than. So it, and I'm making this up. I'm making up what I think Dweck would say. But what I hear in that is that um, if I want to learn so that I can be the best, then I'm I'm limiting, I'm actually um, limiting the potential in others. And that, that would be more fixed set, uh, fixed mindset, uh, more in line with a fixed mindset than a growth. So it, it's almost, it almost sounds to me a little bit like a fake growth mindset. Yeah, like a pseudo. Like <laughs> it's a bit of a, yeah. Because there's, you know, all the, the research I've done on this and, and what I see at play when I see people who uh, clearly have a, a growth mindset versus a fixed, it takes away that unhealthy competition and brings in or adds that you use the word I think collaboration and so if I have a if I choose a, a growth mindset if I choose to believe I can continue to develop through my entire life and that my talent is not fixed but in fact always a work in progress always growing then I'm going to reach out and say hey Maxie I know you do this thing really well 
tell me how you do that. How do you do that? Where did you learn those strategies? You know, I'd like to learn how to do that thing better. But if I wanted to be better than you, then first of all, I wouldn't ask you that because I, I think you should be less than me or you wouldn't share with me because you would know that I, you know, I'm, I'm placing you at this sort of different level than me. So I think, you know, I think, I don't think that would work. I don't think that would be a true growth mindset if I wanted to grow, but I'd rather you just stay, stay, you know, lower. I do believe embedded in this, which I, what I love about it is embedded in this is that uh, desire for and support for collaborative culture. Because you will then come to me and say, Derry, holy, you really did this thing really well. Tell me about that. Now, if I didn't want you to grow, I wouldn't tell you, right? I wouldn't share that with you. So I don't think it would, I don't think it would work. I think Dweck would say that deep down, that's more about, you know, probably would be more fixed in the sense that I want to create this sort of hierarchy. I, yeah, again, I'm sort of making up that answer. Yeah. So do you think that it, so is it, is it somewhat resonant with the Buddhist philosophy of beginner mind, like having a, always having a sense of, of learning, it's a beginner mind, um, allowing yourself to be a bit more vulnerable, allowing yourself to be open, um, that perspective as well? Big time, big time. Because so along with this, this set of beliefs about talent, skill, abilities around whether they are, you know, they're fixed or they can continue to be developed through your life comes, you know, if you look at some foundations for learning. So a growth mindset it is learn at all costs. That's the, the mindset rule, if you like. Whereas a, uh, a growth, growth mindset, learn at all costs. A fixed mindset is look talented at all costs. So as a, with a fixed mindset, I'm much more interested in looking good. That means if I make a mistake, you're never going to know. Because what matters is that I look good, right? If I'm your employee or I'm your, you know, in your organization. Whereas a growth mindset is all about uh, uh, a search for, you know, a cur this curiosity and learn, 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 learn. So if I make a mistake or find a barrier, I say, hmm, this is very interesting. I haven't encountered this before. Who might know something that could help me? How could I figure out my way around this? You know, I remember... I heard, heard Carol Dweck speak at a neuroleadership summit uh, a few years ago, and, uh, and I love this example of her research that she shared. And of course, this research took place with university students, as most research does. And, uh, and they, they had the, the students, they first had, had uh, tested them, if you like, uh, for fixed versus uh, growth mindset around math. And by the way, you have different mindsets in different parts of your life. So you can have a you know, you don't, you're not fixed all across the board or growth all across the board. You might, uh, I often tell the story that I, um, you know, I definitely have a growth mindset around my, my intellect and my ability to learn and my ability to develop skills. However, I have a, this long story about in my youth that I had a fit, I had no longer do a fixed mindset around my ability, my physical abilities in sports. 
And, uh, and again, if you want me to tell you that story, I can later. Because it ended up me, with me being, you know, a pot smoking teenager because of that mindset that I had. And um, which, again, has uh, has changed. But so so we in our lives, you know, can have mindsets and different mindsets in different realms. So that's important. But anyway, they tested these these uh, students on fixed versus growth mindset uh, around math, because you can imagine there are lots of people in the universe who say, I can't do math. <laughs> I just I know. Yo. Can't do it, period. And by the way, that is a sign of a fixed mindset, can't. Whereas a growth mindset is, you know, it's sure been, it's been challenging in the past. You know, I, I, but if I really want to do it, I can do it. I can figure it out. Someone can help me to learn what I need to learn so that I can do that. So she had them all, you know, fixed up on, the, on a computer doing a, um, uh, answering a number of math questions. And as the test went on, of course, this math uh, quiz, the questions got more difficult. And finally, there was one that she said was really, you know, almost impossible to, uh, to answer. And she noticed the, so their, their brains were wired, by the way, as well, while they were doing this. And what she noticed is that the, the uh, fixed mindset people, when they found this problem they could not solve, they ignored it. They there was absolutely no brain activity around the problem. They just went on to the next question. The growth mindset people, when they found this question, they, there was tons of brain activity and they were processing and exploring and looking for different ways and sort of coming back and looking back at previous questions they'd answered to see if it would help. So that sort of just stuck with me, you know, so uh, concretely as an example, it's, it's about beliefs and it comes down to your persistence, you know, and, and right down to uh, at that, you know, the level of what's happening in your brain when you're faced with a setback is different in a fixed versus a growth mindset. So it's so critical to clearly to learning. You know, if you look at, you know, what are the, what are the fundamentals for growth? Number one, effort. You know, growth mindset is all about hard work and persistence. That's what it's about. Um, so it's all about effort. Whereas a fixed mindset, it's, it's, you know, it's more about, well, I don't need to put effort in because I either have the talent or I don't have the talent, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's it. I was either born with it or I'm not. So there's no, why would I have to put effort in? In fact, if I have to put effort in, then that's a problem because that means I don't have the talent and I'm not too happy about that. So effort, you know, out the door, challenges. So growth mindset embraces challenge and perseveres through it. It says, this is an opportunity. I, I'm going to get something new out of this. I've some, learned something new. And a fixed mindset is more about backing down, avoiding. And again, that's why, you know, the idea of the no brain activity, it's, it's framed as a threat. If you look at a growth mindset, again, it's, you know, looking at mistakes as an opportunity to learn. Fixed mindset gets discouraged, avoids the mistakes. Uh, mistakes is, mistake is a dirty word. And, and again, isn't this interesting also when you think about organizational culture? Because in some organizations, mistakes is a dirty word. And so we can, we can influence fixed versus growth minds. Organizations have mindsets too depending on how they behave and what is quote unquote rewarded and not. And then finally, you know, and this might be coming more directly to the, the, what we were talking about, but around feedback, you know, with a fixed mindset, I'm not interested in feedback from anyone else. 
Why would I? That's not helpful to me. And in fact, I'm going to be really defensive about it because it's personal. If you're telling me I'm not good at something, that means I don't have the talent. I'm done. I don't want to hear that. Whereas a growth mindset says, oh, bring it. You know, tell me more. How, where else can I develop that would help me to be better and, you know, connect more and have more success and so on. So it's just a, and that's again why I love that word mindset as well and attitude. It's really about what I choose to believe to be true about my, my development, my success. And, you know, um, Carol Dweck talks about mindset fixed versus growth impacting your motivation your level of success like really what you ultimately do do achieve your but even you know and that I care about of course given the work I do but even more close to my heart is that it also impacts your happiness your level of well-being you know think about a, a term like resilience you know if uh, if I look at setbacks as failures my resilience is, is uh, at a pretty low level. So fixed mindset people are less well overall. And, and, and you know, you're, by changing your mindset, you can change your level of well-being. That's where I believe there's, there's huge opportunity. You know, it makes me think of, it makes me think of um, uh, just people who are at the, who are at the top of their, of their fields, right? And and came to mind when you were talking about people who are always looking to grow, always looking to get to get better. There's always something to learn. Are, are you know professional athletes who are the best, right? Like the Wayne Gretzky's, the like the you you won't score on a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? You know uh, the Sidney Crosby's. They're always every single year they come back with something that they've improved. And when you think that somebody can't improve anymore, they they do somehow because it's just this drive that they have um, to 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 grow, to expand, to become better, right? Um, so yeah, not that we have to start talking about that, but it just brought those yeah. sorts of examples to mind. Or even even the Steve, the, the Einsteins of the world, or the you know the Stephen Hawking's of the world. You know, Einstein was like I had, like you know I I have uh, how many thoughts a day that don't ever work out, right? And then on the hundredth time I tried something, mm -hmm. then it works, right? You know, so it wasn't just on the, that first try. Well, I think it's also interesting, too, in terms of how, you know, growth mindset can fluctuate over time, right? You know, there's sort of this ebb and flow. Like, I just think of, you know, when you finish, uh, like, physio school, you know, you're you're just soaking in so much information and you're just, you know, you're, you're in this massive growth mindset because you realize how little you do know. And then as you start practicing more, you know, you're still hungry to learn and apply. But then it starts to taper off, right? Like, maybe, you know, by year three, by year four, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I've got a pretty good handle on things. And maybe by year four five to seven, you know, like now all of a sudden you're like, I'm just going to sort of coast a bit more. Right. And I, and I just, to me, I, I'd love to explore a little bit about like, well, how do you, how do you sort of kickstart that growth mindset again? Or how, what do you even look for in yourself to even recognize, hang on a second, do I have that growth mindset still? Or have I gotten too comfortable in terms of, you know, where I'm at? Right. And yeah, so I just was wondering if you could, you know, share your thoughts on that. Cause I think that that's something that I think a lot of clinicians would probably find themselves in is, is, is this situation where you're like, okay, hang on a second. I'm, I don't know if I really want to learn something new. I'm sort of tired of learning, right? <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because my husband and I, after this conference in New Zealand, we had that conversation, you know, he actually said, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like I'm done. You know, sort of feel like I'm done. Been there, seen that, you know, 
wearing the t-shirt, the sort of expression. And uh, so we did talk about that a little bit that, um, you know, when we look at, uh, uh, you know, some of the examples Maxie just gave of, of people who are those, those just continuous, you know, have that continuous uh, uh, yearn to, to learn and to develop. Um, I think that uh, through our lives, we may uh, have experiences of, you know, yeah, I kind of uh, know that thing that I'm now experiencing in this room. Someone's teaching me, but there's a whole lot I don't know. There's a whole lot I haven't experienced yet. So to uh, continually check in, you know, I, I don't know if you remember from the session we did, I sort of talk about your filters or again, that's the way I look at them, but your set of beliefs, you know, that, uh, and so, so again, to say, I, I choose to believe that all levels, you know, all at all times in my life, there is more that I can uh, add into my, you know, my repertoire, into my life, my set of skills, um, until the day I no longer breathe. So there's there's something else I can add in. So to 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 foster that within myself individually. Choose to believe you can always develop, and and I th I do think what's beautiful about um, having conversations like this is a reminder that I need to check in with my beliefs. You know, because my husband and I we were saying, you know, he, he he was really starting to believe, yeah, you know, I'm too old, <laughs> a little bit. You know, I'm just I don't know, I'm too old to learn that thing, or to to get anything else out of a conference. Well, that's a belief. How about going in with a a belief and an expectation that you're there's going to be something really useful that curious mindset wonder what else i can add in that's going to really help me in my work or to enjoy my uh, vacation or you know whatever it happens to be wherever you are so i think to just that at first to to um take on things that require some effort so because you, because effort is embedded in the idea of effort is that there's a stretch, right? So do, you've often heard about how valuable it is to do something that scares you. Right? Now, I did not go bungee jumping in New Zealand. <laughs> However, <laughs> that would scare me, let me yeah. tell you. However, I did uh, approach someone uh, for a conversation that I maybe a few years ago wouldn't. This is a person, you know, at a really high level, not a necessarily um, really engaging person, but I, I just challenged myself to approach this person to ask a little bit about his, the work that he's doing, his research. And again, he doesn't put off an affect that he's really approachable. <laughs> so it scared me a little. It was a challenge. I did it. And I'm so glad I did. I, I left that conversation feeling a little bit better about myself. And I learned something. So to just make yourself do things, you know, you hear again, all of this certainly around aging or maturing, if you like, in your profession, do something that scares you. Even with in your organizations, you could, you could put, you know, here's an example. I was, um, a fellow speaker was shooting a video and um, in the room was a CEO. And this, this gentleman who was shooting the video wanted some people up front. He has people do things, you know, and a lot of us aren't, up on that. I don't want to go to the front of the room and, you know, cluck like a chicken or whatever they make <laughs> you do up there. Right. And he wasn't, honestly, he was having people cluck like a chicken. I'm not kidding. But <laughs> the CEO, he pointed at the CEO and the CEO went up. Now, I, I don't know the CEO. It was really clear. This was hard for the CEO to do in front of his, you know, a lot of his staff were in the room and in front of all of us who he didn't know. 
It was clear it was hard for him, but he made himself do it. He challenged himself and it took effort for him, but he got up there and the props he got after that, you could tell he was so happy he did that. So it's to, it doesn't mean you have to put yourself in discomfort, but challenge yourself, ask for feedback. You know, this, I'm working with lots of leaders right now about asking for feedback from your staff. We always talk about feedback the other way, you know, ask for feedback and then just be quiet and allow it to come. That is a growing experience. When you just, especially as a leader, when for years you've, it's always been the other way to just be vulnerable and say, I tell me how, how's it going for you with me as your leader? I'm looking for some feedback. I'm looking for some growth opportunities and then notice what you notice. It'll be scary if you haven't done it before, but man, you will feel so much better. Hey, Andrew here. Just a quick break from the podcast as I wanted to let you know about an innovative web-based tool that I'm building that's going to help optimize your treatment approach and achieve better results with less stress. The reason I'm building this app is to help myself and other therapists more deeply understand our patients so that we can avoid the potential pitfalls that can jeopardize treatment outcomes. So much of what impacts treatment is hidden below the surface, and this tool will help adjust how you approach each patient based on who they are. Think of it as Outcome Measures 2.0. Make sure to check out the show notes for a link to sign up to get my latest updates. All right, back to the show. At the end, because you'll have something you didn't have before. So that's, I think, what all of us can do. You know, again, um, engage with other people be, and ask, you know, I notice you do this thing really well. How do you do that thing? That'll also help you to foster it within yourself. If you start feeling like you know it all, as you know, it'll, it'll impact your, your happiness. Well, it sounds like we, we need to, to be able to have a growth mindset um, and, and to be able to challenge yourself that way, there has to be a certain degree of ability to tolerate vulnerability, um, ability to tolerate some risk, Right. And, and to be able to take risks, um, you know, to be able to, to be able to grow. And maybe, maybe the growth, the, the reciprocal, the reciprocal of that is, is having, being, being able to grow is to be able to develop your tolerance to being vulnerable and to taking risks. Exactly. And, you know, again, even the word vulnerable, be vulnerable is scary to some people. It is a threat. That word itself is a, is a threat to some some people, which would probably be more on a fixed mindset than growth. So so um, and again, just the word itself. So you know, you had sort of talked about sort of some of the Buddhist influence, and and as you know, the wisdom of that is that in being vulnerable, I allow others to be as well. So if I'm a leader, and I'm vulnerable enough in a meeting to say, so team, I know. I'm sure I'm doing some things that are working for you. And I'm pretty sure I'm doing some things that aren't. And right here in this room, I, I you know, I want to, I mean, again, you might go, Oh, that's a little too vulnerable, but just imagine what you're saying to them. What are you communicating to the team? If you do that, that that's a vulnerable move to say, look, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking for feedback. I know I can grow just like you can help me out here and give me some feedback. What are you noticing? How are you experiencing this? 
what you're telling them is you can do that too. You can also ask for feedback and know that, that it's, that it's a gift. It's an opportunity for you to grow and to learn and to be different in this world. And it doesn't mean where you are is bad. It just means that life embedded in the word life and living is growth because the opposite we know isn't so good. <laughs> Decay, <laughs> death. <laughs> <laughs> so, Derry, I know you talked before about uh, beliefs and and you know the the stories we tell ourselves, right? And I and I, it sounds like you know asking for feedback from others is a way to challenge our own stories. But sometimes I think we also just end up not being aware of even the stories we tell ourselves because we're so embedded in our own stories. And I was just wondering, what do you what do you encourage people to do or, or recommend around? Uh, be able to uh, identify some of the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. So um, it, it's really wonderful, I think, because through the process of feedback, you can um, shed some light on perhaps what some of those stories are for yourself. So if, uh, if you were my leader, Andrew, and you asked me for some feedback and I said, well, you know, Andrew, uh, in our staff meeting yesterday, I was telling the group about uh, my great idea. And you said, oh, Derry, we don't have time for that. We'll talk about that later. Um, you know, Andrew, I felt, uh, I felt really upset about that. I thought that you were really dismissing me and that you, uh, that you don't care about what I have to say. Just even me saying those words out loud tells me that I have some belief around uh, uh, that people who, um, in the moment, don't don't want to hear what I have to say. That means they don't believe in me. That they are, they uh, you know, see me as less than them. That's illuminating to me a little bit about what my story is. And so you might say, "Oh, Derry, not at all. We were short on time. I knew we had this big other item coming up. I completely value what you have to say, and I put it on the agenda for the next meeting." Then I have an opportunity then to choose to believe what you say and then you know you do want to hear what i have to say that you do value uh me and what i have to offer if i noticed over and over and over that i was having this experience of people devaluing me i i'd want to i'd want to meditate <laughs> i'd want to <laughs> reflect long and hard on that's interesting Derry. you know this is the fourth time this week that you've had this experience that people were putting you down. I wonder what you're believing to be true about yourself or about them. So I think it's, I think it is about having really real conversations with important people in your life. I think when you hear something different than what you've said, like the example I just gave, then, you know, reflect and say, what's, what's up with that? What could I possibly be telling myself that's getting in my way? And do I need to keep telling myself that? Do I need to keep believing that? I'm going, you know, I often in sessions that I do uh, talk about, like, again, I, you know, I talk about perceptual filters and uh, I really think of them like your furnace filters, that there's this line of filters in your brain. And, you know, and then I, uh, I ask, have you looked at your furnace filter lately? You know, most people go, ooh, Yeah, it's ooh, it's yeah, it's caked on by now. And so I say, well, I think that's like these filters. 
they get they get built up with a whole bunch of stuff that over time we've come to believe from a, for a variety of reasons to be true, right? To be real. And many of them, maybe they served you at one point in your life. They don't need to be true and real anymore. You know, this story I was, uh, I mentioned just at the beginning about, uh, you know, really quick, I don't know if this is useful for you, but um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I remember in grade five, and I still remember it to this day, I was put in the slow learners group, the slow readers. And I came home and told my mom and she said, well, that's not true. She said it exactly like that. You are not a slow learner. You're not a slow reader. And I immediately believed her. I, I have always, from that day forward and since then, all even though school, believe me, was not easy. I was one of those people who, you know, I never went out. Like I smoked cigarettes, at, you know, in university. I, I was studying night and day. So university was hard. I did really well, but it was, you know, lots of effort. So, But I always had a growth mindset around my intellect, my ability to learn and grow and talents in that area. Get back to my childhood. So I... Uh, Remember how we used to pick teams in sports? Now, you both are much younger than me, but way back in my day, it was literally, look, I'll take Sally, I'll take Jim, I'll take George. You know, it was like that. And guess, you know, finally someone would say, oh, we'll take Derry. You know, <laughs> so one day, track and field, track and field day, I um, ran home at lunch. I was crying. I said, Mom, everybody has ribbons. I have no ribbons, you know, the red and the blue. And so my mom quickly over lunch cut fabric. I'm sure she took it right from a dress in her closet and made me ribbons so I could go back to school. Now, that's a mother's heart. However, what I learned through that is I can't earn those myself. And it wasn't just from that, but that was an example. So it was the way we picked teams, you know, and also that, you know, this there was this one activity. So I said, that's how I ended up being, you know, the pot smoking teenager behind the school because I started to develop this fixed mindset. I, I can't do sports. <laughs> Done. All right. Well, what else can I do? So, uh, so it, was, it wasn't until later in life where I, I reflected and realized that I had this fixed mindset and then chose to believe, and I still do to this day, that yes, I can do those things. And that's completely changed now in my life. So I think that, you know, um, for, for all of us, whatever age of life we're in, wherever these beliefs came from about ourselves, it's not about blaming, right? I do think it's about reflecting and going, oh, I think you know, I can see how that happened. And then saying, I can have another set of beliefs about that. I don't need those beliefs anymore. Well, and I, it's interesting because you, as we're talking about this, I, I, uh, I, I'm in a situation right now where I'm going to be presenting to, um, to a, a group of doctors on my research, right? And so I'm a physical therapist and, you know, you're presenting to doctors, right? And so every once in a while, a little, a little sort of like, a, eh, will come in of like, oh my God, you're, oh my, oh, what, what you know, I, I get a little flustered with it because I'm my the story that starts running in my head is that somehow you know these doctors are going to look at me as a physio and go well whatever you know like of course we know this anyway and blah 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 right but I'm I'm putting that story into I'm projecting my beliefs 
onto their story, making up their story for them, and then putting it back onto myself. And so if that doesn't take a lot of energy, then, right? So bottom line is that, is that those, I think those beliefs probably were stronger in the past. Um, they're not as prevalent right now. And I think, um, you know, pulling myself back into that, no, actually, a physician asked me to present to his colleagues and you know what I mean? So there's obviously something that they're, they're wanting to hear. So, and I have that and I'm filling a space with what I'm presenting. So that's what I'm doing and they can receive it or not receive it however they, they want to, but in and of itself, this is a demonstration that it has value. So that's the new story. I love that Maxie for so many reasons that, um, because imagine if you went into that presentation with those, that first set of beliefs, you would then only notice in the room, the one person who is, you know, had this sort of squished up face or, you know, the folded arms, uh, or the person who is maybe drifting off, you know, as sometimes people do, although not in your presentations, Maxie, ever, but you, know, right? you would only notice those people. Right. Whereas if you go in with this other set of beliefs, I was asked here for a reason. I know lots of things they don't know because this is my specialty. I can learn from as they can learn as much from me as I can from them. I here's what I know I'm going to deliver. You will notice in the room the eyes and the bodies and the energy that you need that will support what you're looking for. So it'll change everything about what happens there. Everything. I love that. That's such a good example. So you're saying I don't have to envision all the doctors in the room na- naked? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> only if that only if that works for you. If, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'll go with I think I'll go with the first option. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, I think that's probably wise. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting too what you're saying, Maxie, because I I feel like sometimes those other stories uh, can seep in more easily when we aren't taking care of ourselves as well, right? If we're sort of out, if we're like sort of tapped out and we're burning the candle on both ends and we're, you know, we're not necessarily having a lot of time for, you know, self-reflection or just self-care, I know for myself, that's when some some not happy stories start to enter my, you know, my head and, and you know, discouragement and all that kind of stuff can some filter in whatever, you know, the situation is. And I, and I guess, I, you know, I was just thinking like, you know, that I'm, what I'm hearing from you, Derry, is that when we have to, when we need to sort of change our story or give ourselves a different story to tell ourselves, that sometimes that takes a bit of energy to do that. Like that's not necessarily because we're sort of creating a new track in our brain. Uh, it sounds like, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, and again, I uh, totally agree, Andrea. I do think that it uh, it becomes this you know downward spiral. So when we're exhausted, that's absolutely when we're more. Uh, our brains are more vulnerable to that ne- those that negative orientation, the threat, looking for the threats, and uh, and uh, you know, and and it can be it can be difficult to to dig out of that spiral the farther down we go. So no question, and I think uh, absolutely, you know, our our brains are primed for negative. You know, it's, our brains are really good at noticing the threat and looking for what's wrong, and it takes effort to look for what's right and to tell ourselves that other story that takes effort uh, no question however the rewards are 
right there, you know, that's where the big rewards are. And so it also also fits right in with this topic, doesn't it? Because that's what Dweck's research says is that where there's effort, there are rewards. And in fact, you know, I, I was really moved by um, uh, something, and I think it was in another session at the same uh, conference, but along the same topic that, uh, that, that again, just, you know, got me really uh, moved and excited also. Um, and it was about how, you know, some parents pay their kids for good grades. And as you know, in organizations, we have, you know, pay for performance, many organizations. And, uh, and what we're actually doing with those processes and systems, so paying a child for grades actually kills their motivation. It does the opposite of what a parent, you know, so a parent, again, is coming from a good place, Does he, has the opposite effect on that child uh, than the, the one we want. And the same is true for organizations. So what organizations can do is stop rating people. Stop performance ratings right now. Because what you are saying is that a person is a four or a three or a one or a whatever, and all, what you do is kill people's motivation. No matter how you think, oh, no, and then we show them how they can move from a three to a four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trust uh, the research. No, that does not work. People, they've stopped listening to you long before you got to that part. Just the fact that there was a number attached. So just stop that. And don't compare people to other people. Compare that person to their last you know, performance, right? Just And ratings, of course, are about comparing people to other people. So, so stop that. Don't do that anymore. Just look at, and, and for my, another thing, you know, for ourselves, I uh, you know, remind myself all the time, Derry, look at your last keynote. Don't look at the other guy's keynote, you know, it's performance. Look at your last <laughs> one. How is that? What could you, how could you improve that? And that is where happiness and well-being lie is comparing myself to my last performance, not to other people. You know, and maybe this is a round circle almost to that first question you asked, Maxie, right? About wanting to be here and every, you know, potentially everyone else being there, right? It's just, just look at you, your last performance. Well, and, and when, we're, when we're talking about evaluation, whether we're being evaluated by somebody else or whether we're evaluating ourselves, like within, within, I mean, there are different models and frameworks to do that within organizations. And the tweet that you just tweeted out early, earlier today, maybe about 11 a.m. Mountain Time, um, <laughs> if anybody wants to sift through Derry's uh, Twitter feed, um, on uh, on on the the idea of of strengths-based um, performance and um, and and looking at. Instead of, you know, people having certain skills or doing th certain things or whether they achieved this certain project or they met their milestones, right, um, that, that they were looking at, at six strengths and, you know, for example, wisdom, transcendence, um, you know, humanity. And there were these big, broad sorts of strengths that, that encompass not only what we do but who we are as people. And so it just seemed like there was an honoring of, of the person, Right, and what we already bring to any situation is is who we are and kind of where we've gravitated or who how we've grown, but also maybe areas and what we can contribute in that sense, but then also areas where you know maybe we could expand right um in our being, not just what we're doing but what we're being, who we are yes uh, absolutely, you know that uh 
And again, I do think that's at the very core of what is growth mindset and what is this, uh, you know, what is the potential for it? It comes down to our being, you know, and who we are and what we what we believe to be true, because that influences everything about our our own experience of life, as well as what we experience with others and what others experience from us. You know, so for for organizations, I think, uh, because I know a lot of your audience are business owners and and uh, and people who have staff, uh, you know, talk about this. Talk about these sorts of things. You know, even something like if you read a tweet that you really like, just sort of talk about that and the power of beliefs and what, what do we believe to be true about ourselves? And, you know, and, and decide, do we want to have a culture of genius, which is a fixed mindset, or a culture of development? You know, do we focus on how good we are? You know, we're a five or a four or whatever happens. Or do we focus on how we're getting better? Are those the conversations we're having with our staff? Uh, my experience is uh, with with uh, is that this resonates with people. You know, it's it's because it's pretty simple. Even though you know many things are you know, not super simple, but it's pretty simple. But when you think about it, it's really about what do you believe to be true? What do you want to believe to be true? That's it. Yeah, I think a great gift to to give to ourselves and our teams. So if you're going in, so let's say I'm going into an organization, I'm going into work tomorrow, I listen to this podcast and I'm all revved, I'm inspired. Um, and then I go to bed at night and I go, but I'm going to have to walk into an organization where nobody else has listened to this podcast. And the leaders within this organization maybe aren't, maybe are quite fixed at the moment. How do you, as an individual, go into environments where maybe that's the case and how do you help you know foster your own growth mindset in those types of environments yeah so um so here's what what i do and what i would uh, recommend that you do is first of all decide that this is the kind of experience of life you want to have to remind yourself that you're going to have to remind yourself of this regularly because the ecosystem in which you exist currently may not uh, may not be that way. That might not be what you're hearing and experiencing in your uh, at work. To um, start using growth mindset language, like I'm continuously developing and learning. Um, I'm really curious about what's happened. You know how this thing happened. I'd like to know more about that. Like, uh, you know, I'm a work in progress, and and uh, thanks for pointing out that I missed that section of the report. I appreciate that. So, so be forthright in telling people I'm looking for feedback. I know I can make mistakes. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I now know that that was a mistake and that I can correct it. And I've learned something for the future. Um, you know, put in the effort and look at challenges and opportunity and do those things for yourself. And I will guarantee people will notice. So even if they're not there, they haven't heard this podcast, they have no idea who Carol Dweck is, they will start to look over and go like, check out Maxie. Like, what is she doing? Because I want some of that. Because in doing those things, your sense of well-being, your motivation, your happiness will increase by doing those things, just whether the environment's with you or not. You, you're going to need to focus, 
You're going to need to keep reminding yourself of this, that this, but I also think once you start doing it and you are feeling what you're feeling, you'll, it'll be easier as time goes on to remind yourself to do those things. And, you know, I've, I've said it to leaders for years and I've seen it happen that uh, when you start doing what, you know, being the way you would like the organization to be, others notice and start to just, you know, it doesn't, you don't even have to be a leader. I mean, you can be anywhere in the organization. It's, it's magnetic when someone is feeling good and, you know, performing and getting results. It's just, it's really hard not to notice and go, what, uh, what are you smoking? No, I would not. <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing that's, that's, you know, why are you, what's going on? Like, what do you help me out? Cause I want to be able to have some of what you have. Yeah. So I think that I would just say, keep at it. Uh, just decide. And, and one little thing at a time, you know, don't put pressure on yourself. Um, it's not a, uh, something, you know, a game you have to win. This is just about, you know, tomorrow I'm going to ask these three questions that I've never asked before. Or I'm, you know, next week, I'm going to approach Fred and ask Fred for some feedback. You know, just little step, take baby steps. Okay, so I, I, know, I feel like I've got to pack in all these questions because I only have you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, okay, so, so, another, so another part of, or one of my stories, I think, is that, um, is, you know, when you're, everybody is super busy, regardless of what organization you're in, everybody seems to be tapped out, everybody seems to be pushed beyond their limits, you know, um, butter not spread evenly over toast sort of thing, and you're just tapped. And I think that, I wonder if if sometimes we, we are as tapped as we tell ourselves, or is it is it the attitude that we take going in um, and how we are telling that story that actually drains us. I don't know if that's too philosophical a question, but does that make any sense? Am I making any sense? I, I think it does. I, I believe uh, strongly that we've created a, you know, very unproductive monster in organizations um, in the sense that uh, it's, it's a badge of honor to work 14 hour days, you know, uh, um, and we've all, we, I'm just saying the collective, we, uh, I have kind of bought in uh, that I need to do that in order to be successful, in order to be promoted, in order to, uh, feed my family. And, and, you know, and I don't want to sound, um, like I'm dismissing, I realize people, there are many people who have uh, many, you know, complicated things going on in their lives and, and need to do what they have to do to feed their families. But I think that, uh, yes, we, and it has to start somewhere in an organization. That's why we, you know, often say it's got to start at leadership. You know, we don't send those emails at two in the morning, uh, or 11 at night. Um, ask people to leave their, to not check email in the evening. And, if we all start doing that, I think we're going to find we're going to get more done and we'll have a, we'll have a psychologically more healthy uh, world. So I don't know if that's answering your question, Maxie, but I think that um, we all have a choice whether or not to continue to buy into that, I believe, just at a simplistic level. And um, 
And I think it's imperative that leaders start because let's face it, your team is following you. You know, that's, that is just the order of life. And, uh, and if you're not modeling those things, it's really hard for them because they do need to feed their families and, you know, uh, they're going to do what they need to do. But if you decide this matters to you, if you believe this will make a difference in your business and in the wellness and, uh, and productivity of your team, then just start doing it. And, uh, I think we'll all get a lot more done. There's lots of research that says that um, our productivity is actually going down overall with all these extra hours we're working because people are just exhausted. So they're showing up, but you know, they're, they're on 25%. They're checking out. <laughs> they're showing up, but they're checking out. They're checking out. You got it. You know, and we could get into all the the mental health stats that we have you know i think it's all it's all in the ecosystem well that's good well hey i this has been a great conversation i think we've covered a lot of ground here uh and i feel like there's a lot of other sort of uh trails we could uh, walk down <laughs> but i think we'll you know just for the sake of uh you know length we'll we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll have to sort of reschedule and, and do another uh podcast again but it's been great having you Derry. it's been it's been really good uh, hearing your perspective on the growth mindset and and i think some really practical tips around how to foster that in yourself in terms of looking at our own stories asking for feedback and actually uh, doing something that takes a little bit of effort, right? I think those are those are three things that I that I'm walking away with from this conversation. And I think those are really practical things that, you know, whether you're uh, you know working in a clinic management role or whether you're actually a frontline cl- clinician, I think those are things that any of us can do. And I think that uh, I, I love that. So thanks again for for being on the show, Derry. Thank you both so much. It's just been a pleasure uh, to be part of this and uh, I wish you well and all of your listeners. I really appreciate being being with you. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's uh, great having you on the show today. Uh, Now, if you've been enjoying the new show, I'd love for you to leave a review on uh, iTunes as this just helps uh, more people find out about the podcast and we'd love to to get your feedback. And if you want to check out the show notes uh, from the podcast, just go to ignitephysio.ca forward slash podcasts. And if there's any topics that you want us to cover, just uh, shoot us an email at hello at ignitephysio.ca and we'll make sure to get back in touch with you and and see uh, what we can do there. So anyways, thanks for joining us on the show today. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.